Paul? Okay, tonight we want to talk about uh, taking the Lord's name in vain, that we need to take care of the Lord's name. It says here that uh, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Uh, what if you would uh, put your mother's name on a line? What thoughts would uh, come into your mind? You know, uh, what images would you see on the screen of your memory of your mother? What emotions you would feel, praise God? When you hear or a familiar name, thoughts and associations immediately uh, follow. You know, they surface in your mind. When you say John F. Kennedy, you know, or what do you think about? What do you see in your minds, you know? Uh, I guess you all were living then. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. What do you see when you, in your minds when you think of uh, Martin Luther King or Ronald Reagan or Adolf Hitler or Stalin or Winston Churchill or a uh, man of God like D.L. Moody and, and Charles Finney and, and uh, great athletes like Michael Jordan and some, some of these people in your minds, you know, or even uh, familiar uh, faces today, uh, Putin or Joe Biden or different people, you know, or uh, certain um, uh, things that you would remember, praise God, with certain events. Perhaps you experience certain emotions. Why? Because those names represent something about certain individuals. Who are they? What have they done? Their names summarize what those individuals are to you. Uh, perhaps uh, names represent something. A name represents uh, who they are and, and uh, who they might become. God was uh, so concerned about names that it, he named some and changed some of the names of key people in the Bible. And when their character changed, their name changed. You know, God, you know, changed Abraham's name from Abram, exalted father, to Abraham, father of a multitude. Jesus changed Peter's name from being that of Simon, which was sand, you know, to Peter, who became a rock. The Lord told him he would be changed from being a wishy-washy, unreliable, to someone who would be firm and strong and would take a stand. When a person accepts Jesus Christ, their names are written in the book of life. Uh, you know, it, uh, if a name represents a person's character, uh, it, it is important to God. Then why are people, uh, you know, use so much profanity today? Why do they take God's name in vain? We can see why it would be an important issue with God, but why is it one of the Ten Commandments? Why such a stern warning? Why all the caution? Perhaps it is because God knows what will happen to our lives if we use His name carelessly and flippantly. The air today is full of profanity. Whether it is a movie or it is a a book, a radio station, a ball game, television, you know, a walk in the park, you know, standing in line in a store sometimes. 
we hear vulgarity and, and profanity. Little kids even speak uh, curse words. You hear the name of Jesus and God being spoken in vain constantly. One of the definitions of the word profane is debasing or defiling of that which is holy or worthy of reverence. It is an attempt to take something holy and yank it down to our level. What does it mean to profane the Lord's name? It is to deny His holiness, His majesty, and His power. That is serious business. You know, uh, there are non-Christians that cannot stand for anyone or anything to be higher or more lofty than they are. And, and the public seems to have an insatiable uh, appetite for dragging down famous uh, athletes, performers, presidents, princesses, uh, preachers, officials, uh, you know, even uh, local policemen or whatever. You know, they, they want to take them down to the lowest level so that they can say, I'm just as good as they are, or they are no better than I am. Cursing destroys the concept of a lofty God and one who is above us. It, it takes the holy God and reduces him to someone just like us. The kind of thinking concludes that there is nothing sacred in the universe. Unless you are a monk in a monastery, you will hear the word damn. And I'm using that a couple of times, and I never use that in my language normally, but just in this message to get a point across. You know, uh, so anyways, uh, you know, you will hear the word damn several times during the week or in certain jobs or in public. The word means to condemn or to uh, may, uh, uh, fail or uh, to, to uh, fate. You know, people damn anything and everything. And uh, they say, GD, this, this, that, and a car and and they make reference to schedules, they make sense of the problems, they make reference to people. And I could have said that more, but I didn't. It is so common, it seems to be a part of everyday speech. Does it matter? Does God think it matters? Well, I'll tell you how much it matters. God made it one of the Ten Commandments. Why did He include it? Because He knows every time those terms or words are used, it brings incredible destruction into our life and the life of our family and to others that we condemn. When you do not put God first and you do not honor his name, life will not work. It doesn't matter when you use God's name in vain. You will, you will be cursed. You will be condemned. Joshua said, I put before you blessing and cursing and life and death, and you must make a choice of what master you will serve. And when a person takes God's name in vain, they are reaping a curse from God. You know, they are going to receive condemnation if they're doing that. When people curse, they do not realize that they do not fall on deaf ears. God hears every word. Jesus warns us, but I tell you, <laughs> that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word that they have spoken, Matthew 12, 36. 
he goes on to say that you will either be justified by your words or condemned by them. Then we know that in John 3.17, we are, you know, if we uh, don't believe, we're condemned already. Uh, Romans 2.9 says, Tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil, of the Jew first and the Gentile. So if a person is taking the Lord's name in vain, they are doing evil. So, and so then uh, anguish in, upon their souls, judgment. The reason God does not want us to use his name in vain is to spare us disaster. You know, God is saying, don't take my name in vain because I love you so much. People think they can get away with saying whatever they want to say and nothing will happen. They forget God's word says, you sow, you reap. <laughs> You'll never reap, you know, maybe in the same season but that you sow, but you will reap eventually. You know, God is saying, you use my name in vain and it will affect your life. When we use God's name to damn or condemn, you know, we set something in motion in the spirit realm that is beyond our understanding. There is power in the name of our God. There's power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Demons scream and tear themselves from the host at the mention of the name of Jesus, at the authority of Jesus. Amen. And the authority of his name, the blind eyes are opened, the withered are made straight, and they're made strong. And the dead bodies come to, come to life, praise God, from the grave. So why wouldn't we think that there is consequences for using his name wrongly? Good consequences when we use his name properly. And evil consequences when we use his name carelessly or in evil intent. There are going to be consequences no matter how the name of God is used. When a person says GD to someone, they are damning them, knocking them down and giving them a consignment of fate. They are saying, may you be destroyed. The third commandment is not God saying, I'm somebody so reverence my name, although his name is important and is above every name. He's saying, I love you and when you love them, you remind them of the consequences of their actions and in this case, disaster and condemnation. God knows the words we speak will affect what we actually experience in life. David said, for you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Psalm 61.5, David is saying, that all those that fear his name, honor his name, love his name, that the Lord brings them into heritage and blessing. It is a heritage of blessings, honor, fruitfulness, life and joy and peace in God. How could we dishonor his name? How can we watch a movie that drags the name, his name through the mud? How can we read a book deliberately defames the name of Jesus or God. I have seen people ready to hurt someone for saying something about their girlfriend, their mother, their sister, 
their father, their friend. You know, names are important. And certainly, you know, certainly the name above every name is important. Think of this. There is eternal salvation in the name of Jesus. The name means life. John 20, 21, but these things are written that you might believe that he's the son of God and believing you might have, you know, life in his name. Acts 4.12 reinforces that. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is none, no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Salvation from eternal hell is found in no other name other than the name of Jesus. And that is the name that people are going to deliberately drag through the mud. People use their environment, <laughs> their childhood, or the people they hang around as an excuse for what comes out of their mouths sometimes. Yet the Bible links what comes out of our mouths with our hearts. In Matthew 12, 34, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. Matthew 15, 18, But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile a man. A good man, Luke 6.45, A good man out of his, the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. An evil man out of the treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. Admit it or not, like it or not, the mouth speaks what's in the heart. God knows the way we talk is a reflection of the condition of, of the heart. James wrote that the, no man can tame the tongue. It is unruly, evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we either bless God or curse man. Out of the same mouth proceeds, you know, both blessings and cursing. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, uh, my brethren, bear olives or grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring can bear both salt, water, and fresh. James 3, 8 through 12. The bitter, hurtful, or profane words that come out of our mouth are a sign that there's something wrong in the heart. But the heart that is right with God cannot help but honor the name of Jesus, cannot help but praise Him, glorify Him, exalt Him, bless Him, stand in awe of Him, and cherish His lovely name. God is concerned about what we say because He knows how much using His name in vain is going to affect, you know, a person. Whether it's someone you're speaking to or, it, or it's going to affect you is a reflection of the heart. Perhaps people say, I don't swear. I would never say uh, GD to anyone or anything. I'm a Christian. I would never talk that way. But there are other ways to use his name in vain. There are more socially acceptable ways to profane his name. The Lord cautions us against 
vain repetitions. Vain means empty. It means things over and over again without conviction. People, when you come to the Lord, you just ask Him for a, a bigger house, or you just come into Him for a better job, or a new car, or new clothes, you know. Then when you are done, you just say the name of Jesus at the end. You know, that's a bunch of vain repetitions, you know, and uh, I know that you can ask, you know, the Lord for something and that you have need of, but sometimes people are just asking everything and stuff, and they're asking with no conviction. Why do we pray in Jesus' name at the end of our prayers? We're, we're saying that everything that we just asked for, we believe in our hearts, praise God, is the very thing that Jesus would be asking for if he were doing the asking, if he was doing the praying. Knowing this should alter how we pray. Before we pray, we should ask ourselves, you know, is this what Jesus would be asking for? Is this what he wants? Vain means empty. It applies to asking for things in Jesus' name with no sense of conviction. Also, many believers use God's name in a cute, jesting way to make light of his name. I, I had an example of that. You know, um, there was one time when I was pastor in Maine, this, this person came in and, uh, you know, flippantly was, came in the door and was just praying in tongues and and, and, what, and she wasn't praying in tongues with conviction. You know, she wasn't praying in tongues. She was just doing that, you know. And uh, it, it just was obvious it wasn't right, you know. That, that doesn't honor God. Amen. A person has just planned to take a trip to Hawaii. God says, oh, well, you know, the person says, oh, suffering for Jesus. You've heard people say something like that. Just suffering for Jesus. That's vain. That's empty words. It's something we do not mean. That is no conviction. The name Jesus is dragged down. This is the name to which every knee shall bow. This is the name that has the power to perform miracles when spoken. There is life and salvation in his name. Jesus taught us to pray, hallowed be thy name. When you ask or acknowledge his name, and His holiness, it is impossible to be casual. When you see who He is and what He has done, you cannot treat His Him casually. When we were worshiping this morning, praise God, and getting in the presence of the Lord, praise God, there was a sincerity. We recognize His holiness, His majesty, His exaltedness, praise God. We, we did that with conviction, you know? Praise God. We, it wasn't something that was casual. Praise God. It was something that was sincere and meaningful. Once you have a vision of God in the presence of an awesome, holy God, there's no way that you can treat his name as casual or lightly. Can you imagine the angels standing in the presence of God taking his name casually? No way. <laughs> in fact, we can learn if you have used his name in vain, or people have used his name in vain. Thank God, if they recognize it and they confess it, 
then, you know, and they tell the Lord he's, they're sorry and ask for forgiveness. He, he washes that away. He does forgive us, you know, if we do make a mistake, if we do something wrong, you know. Uh, and so huh, I don't know if you ever had your mouth washed out with soap. I didn't, but one of my sons did. <laughs> what we need, praise God, uh, you know, if, if that happens, we need to be, have God wash us and cleanse us through faith in his word. And also, if we make a mistake, we, may, we have to accept his forgiveness. You know, accepting forgiveness means that all of your sins were placed upon his shoulders. And, you know, it's harder for people when they do something wrong like this after they've served the Lord a long time and something slips out or whatever, you know, uh, you feel so bad, you know, you, you, you know, and, uh, you know, and I place upon their shoulders. He suffered for everything that we have profaned. Every time that we have cursed or profaned, he has forgiven us, praise God, even if we use his name carelessly. And one of the things that drives me nuts, praise, and it drives me nuts when I hear people say, oh my God, that is not honoring the Lord. That is taking the name of the Lord lightly and flippantly, you know, and so I have a hard time with that. But, you know, I thank God. I know I'm saved. I know I'm born again because Jesus took this away from me. I had a filthy mouth. I was 13, and my, my, my Catholic aunt got upset with me because I cursed, was cursing in front of her kids, and she took tobacco sauce, and she was a little French girl. <laughs> she put that stuff on my tongue, you know, and trying to teach me, you know. But that didn't stop me. But when I got saved, praise God, and then after I got saved, you know, I stopped cursing, you know, but then I would get upset and I'd say something. But then God, one night, when I was 15 years old, praise God, took that away, and I've never cursed again. Not because I'm anything special, but because he forgave me and he cleansed me from doing that, praise God, and delivered me from that. The blood, his blood reconciles us with God. Amen. Amen. So the word tells us about his blood, praise God, washing our sins away. And then we practice his holiness. We, we resign to the fact that we've done and we ask God to forgive us. But then people who have taken the Lord's name in vain and then ask for forgiveness and God has forgiven them, then we as Christians, we need to practice his presence. Practice his presence. If we're, you know, practicing his presence and, and we're living for the Lord, he sees all, he hears all, and he knows all. Praise God. And uh, so... God's presence affects our speech. When we worship him, we get close to the Lord and we praise him and we spend our time using that name, amen, and honoring that name, praise God. That affects us. That helps us, praise God, not to take his name in vain, not to, you know, take his name lightly, not to use his name in a wrong way. Where we practice using his name properly. God hears every prayer and every word. While we 
all have made mistakes. God has washed us, cleansed us, and forgiven us. And he will, praise God, forgive us if we have made a mistake. Praise the Lord. But he will give us hope for tomorrow. There's hope in God. David, in Psalm 133 and 4, David writes, If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. Amen. And so if we, if we, when we make a mistake, or if we made a mistake, praise God, you know, then uh, God forgives us, cleanses us, and delivers us, and we're practicing the presence of God, and we're living in His presence, praise God, then there's a fear of God, a reverential fear, not a, you know, He's going to zap us, a reverential fear that we honor Him and we, we love Him. If God kept a list of all the times that we have casually used his name or carelessly dishonored his name, praise God. You know, uh, we hope we would have asked God to forgive us and, and to go on, praise God. But thank God, God can do a work, and like he did a work in my life, he can do a work in our lives where, you know, we don't take his name in vain, where he helps us, you know, to overcome different things, you know. Because I tell you, you know, uh, people can provoke you. You know, they can provoke us to, to anger. And, and, you know, and the, it doesn't, the Scripture says it's not wrong to be angry. It's be angry and sin not. And, and God help us. But, but I know that people can provoke us. And, and uh, you know, I've had people when I used to work in factories when I first was, in the ministry, and I had to work in factories, you know, they tried to provoke me. They tried to get me upset. They tried to make me mad and everything. Praise God. But by the grace of God, they didn't win. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, the one guy that sat at the table, you know, in, when I was working in the foundry, it was really hard, heavy, hot work, you know, and uh, he sat across from me. All the other guys, you know, they respected me, and they, they were decent you know, as far as that, but they, they were sinners, you know, like the one guy, he ran and jumped up and, and did his feet together, you know, Friday nights, and, he, and I, he's, I can't wait to get drunk, and I said, well, what about your family? He said, oh, they'll be there Monday. <laughs> he would just go and Friday night and drink all weekend and go home on Monday, you know, but anyways, uh, they, would, they would curse and everything, and this guy was so bad. And he's the one I told you about that before that finally I said to him, I said, listen, you know, I'm tired of it. Every time that you curse, I'm going to praise the Lord. Didn't do it anymore. Because he knew I was serious, you know. But uh, it really, you know, uh, I thank God that he's done, does a work in us to help us. And he gives us the grace. Greater is he that is in us than he is in the world. And when we have situations and we have people and circumstances that would cause us to want to use his name in a wrong way, praise God, God gives us the grace to overcome. But then in our lives, if we make mistakes, God forgives us and, you know, and, and cleanses us from that. But I thank God for you know, the ability that God has given us you know, to overcome. And I think the biggest thing 
you know, uh, or the biggest, the greatest way in order not to defame God, not to take God lightly, not, not to speak his name lightly or flippantly or, or curse or anything like that, praise God, the greatest thing is worship. When we get in the presence of God and we worship God on a continued basis and we live in the presence of God and we practice the presence of God, amen, we are so busy focusing on God and worshiping Him and praising Him, praise God, that we're using His name in a proper way and we're being blessed. Um, one of the greatest teachings, you know, I've ever heard, and I even used, I even preached a message on that and used uh, the teachings, but John Compactus has, has a message on uh, the power of the blessing. You know, how that we, you know, can uh, bless other people and speak well of other people and, 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 and bless them. And so rather than curse them or say something negative about them or condemn them, we bless them. And he used the illustration of the one young man where they have in the revival, the one young man, you know, he was, he was in bad shape. He looked bad and everything. And, you know, and um, he was... Um, had very, uh, you know, didn't have any self-esteem or whatever, and uh, he spoke a blessing over him. And, uh, and it changed his life. He spoke well of him. He spoke good things over him, you know. And then he was having a really hard time with his father. And uh, his father was always cursing him, uh, in, in, not in the sense of, you know, but putting him down all the time putting him down, you know, and then when he went home, uh, you know, he asked his father that he would bless him. And uh, his, his father got very emotional and everything and stuff, and he blessed him, changed his life. He went back to church, you know, he had a job, and, and he was shaven, he was all cleaned up and everything, and, uh, and John, I think he said to, to Steve Hill, he says, is that the same guy, you know, but that's what Jesus can do, but, so, but you know, we can, we can pray a blessing, there, there, can, there can be people that you work with, people that we come in contact with, you know, and, and they act, but we can bless them, we can pray for them, you know, uh, somebody treats us wrong, you know, you can go, you can go through a, a, a line and, and, and store and everything, and, and sometimes people are really negative, really bad and everything, and they treat you really bad and everything sometimes. You know, well, the thing of it is, is that you can say something positive to them, and you can walk out of there and pray for them. Lord, I want to bless that person, praying for their salvation, praying that you open their eyes, praying that you're going to be with them and, and show them the way, you know. So God... Uh, we can use that. I mean, we can use the name of Jesus and we can, you know, to bless people, but like, like God was concerned that people used his name wrongly that bring condemnation, disaster upon them and upon the people that they were speaking against. So uh, that's why it's so important, amen, that that was one of the Ten Commandments, praise God, amen. Lord, I thank you, God, that you are holy that your name is above every name. Amen. We exalt you tonight. We glorify you tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. We give you your rightful place. 
Worthy is the lamb that was slain. Praise God. We give you glory and honor and praise. Praise God. We thank you for saving our souls. We thank you for changing our lives. We thank you, God, for all the things that, that Lord, that uh, you have done for us. Lord, because of our, our faithfulness, because, praise God, we honor you, Jesus, and we honor your name. Praise God, we're a blessed people. Praise God before it. And we recognize how important it is to honor your name tonight. Praise God. And to not curse, not to use your name, Lord, lightly or flippantly, praise God, but Lord, to honor your name and, and lift you up. And we're blessed because of that. Praise God. And, and you're also, you get to work in me, praise God, but there's other things in my life to, that need to work, praise God. We're all growing your grace. And if there's someone here tonight or someone listening to this message, praise God, that, that makes mistakes or has made mistakes, whatever, thank you, God, for your blood. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you, God, there's a, 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 a better day tomorrow, praise God. And thank you, Lord, that, that you, you can uh, still bless them and still use them, praise God, amen, and uh, be with them and help them, praise God, How, that, as they speak your name and they glorify that name, praise God. We love you, Jesus. And we love all that you've done for us. And we honor you tonight. To God be the glory. Great things he's done. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God.